of announcements that, that we want today. I, I kind of teased it a little earlier and, and talked about youth, and, and I've talked about kids a little bit. And, and, and really, our, our church is, man, if you can't tell, uh, we're, we're growing, praise God. Um, and, and we're not just growing with, with uh, adults. We're growing with our youth and, and our kids. And, and so we've decided to create some new structure um, to, to help service our youth to help service our kids, because we, we know that kids and youth aren't the church of the future, they're the church of today. We know that we, if we don't pour into our kids and we don't pour into our youth, then we might as well not have church, right? It's not just about adults coming on a Sunday morning, it's about the whole family unit, it's about everyone. So if I could, if I could have Pastor Eric, if I could have Miss Brittany, and if I could have Mason make their way up to the front, you guys can kind of stand to my left. Y'all give it up. Y'all give it up for these guys. So, so let me tell you, let me tell you what's going on. We're, we're making again some shifts and some changes because here's the reality: we're growing. And if you guys have been involved in business, if you guys have been involved in any type of, of leadership capacity, you know that when you grow, that your infrastructure oftentimes has to grow as well. Uh, so let me introduce to you our new family life team. Uh, some of these faces you recognize, but, but let me tell you what they're going to be doing. So Miss Brittany Rochelle, um, she is going to be our new family life director. So can we give it up for, for Miss Brittany and her family, her husband, Justin, and her two kids. So, so, so what does that mean? Listen, anything from kindergarten to 12th grade, that's going to fall under uh, Miss Brittany's purview. So she's going to be leading, kind of uh, overseeing uh, some kids, overseeing youth. Uh, but then how does that break down from there? No worries. Pastor Eric still isn't going anywhere. All right. So Pastor Eric, listen, this is our kids pastor. And and I don't know if you guys have noticed, but on Sunday mornings, my daughter is just as excited as you see Pastor Eric as she is to see me. Like, now don't get it wrong. She still comes and sees me first. All right. I still get the first hug. And then Brittany, like, like gives her a biscuit. And so she leaves me right away. And then she goes in with, with Pastor Eric and the kids. But they're doing a phenomenal job with, with Miss Jean and Miss Christine um, and, and all the teams that serve in our kids' ministry. And, and, and so the new, the new face on the block can we give it up for Mason Embry one time? So Mason is going to be uh, over Multiply Youth. Um, he's going to be our kids director. So we're excited for Mason. Uh, let me tell you kind of what happened. I, I teased it a little earlier with Ellie, but, but Mason has a heart for youth. Um, we're excited. We're excited for you and excited for what you're going to do uh, through the youth. But, but Mason came to me and said, hey, let's let's do an event and, and let's have some youth out. I'm like, all right, y'all, y'all figure it out. What I love as a pastor, I can go, hey, y'all figure it out <laughs> and, and, and y'all make it happen. But man, we had, I, I mean, Ellie brought five of them, but we had, I mean, we had like nine youth show up the other night and, and man, we just had a good time. So we're pumped for what's happening in the next couple of weeks. Let me give you some practicals. What does that mean? Next uh, Sunday, next Sunday at Brittany Rochelle's house, we'll have the time available next Sunday as well. Uh, but we're going to have um, a, a youth kind of interest meeting. So if you are a parent of a youth, if you are a youth, if you're a grandparent that has a youth, if you have a neighbor that might be in sixth through 12th grade, this is what we want you to do. We want you to make yourself available to come to Brittany's house. We'll have all of that information for you next week, time, location, and all that good stuff. We're streaming this, so I don't want to just throw her... Uh, her address out there and then like people to show up at her house. Uh, so we're going to have everybody show up at her house next Sunday evening. And we're excited for what God is doing through our kids 
in our youth. But can we give it up one more time for our Family Life team? High fives all around. Boom, boom, boom. And you guys can go ahead and take a seat. So last week we wrapped up, we wrapped up our, our Freedom Series. So let, let me give you kind of the snapshot of our Freedom Series. If you missed a couple of weeks or maybe this is your first time here uh, today, our Freedom Series, we took a look at the Israelites and their bondage and their slavery. So we started with, with Moses, and in Moses, God kind of reveals himself through this burning bush, and, and God says, hey, Moses, you're going to be the person that leads my people out of captivity. And Moses is like, uh-uh, not me. I got a stuttering problem. I'm not good. I actually killed a guy back in Egypt. Like, you, you don't, you don't want to use me. And, and eventually, Moses kind of goes, okay, okay, God, I'll, I'll go. I'll go. So Moses and his brother Aaron go to Egypt and they stand before Pharaoh and, and Moses says, Pharaoh, let my people go. And, and many of you know the story. Pharaoh said, absolutely, no way. No way that's going to happen. And then we talk through the 10 plagues of Egypt and eventually Pharaoh said, okay, enough is enough. You can leave. And the Israelites had their freedom. Y'all remember the sermon many times, the things that you are free from will be the very things that try to chase you down in the future. Pharaoh realized, man, I made a, I made a mistake. That's my infrastructure. They, they build my buildings. Those are, those are my slaves. And so Pharaoh gathers his army and he chases down the Israelites. And the Israelites start complaining to Moses. And they said, Moses, weren't there enough burial sites in Egypt for us all to die there? Why did you bring us out into the wilderness to die? On one side of them was the Red Sea. They were trapped. And on the other side of them, they noticed that the Egyptian army was barreling down, ready to destroy them and take them back into captivity. And Moses says, God, you have to perform the miraculous. So God parts the Red Seas and the Israelites, one million Israelites make their way through the Red Sea, but, but the Egyptian army continued to chase them. And once they got on the same path that the Israelites did, the waters caved in and all of the Egyptian army was drowned. So then the Israelites find themselves in, in freedom and they go from the place of bitterness to, to Rephidim, which means the place of rest. And, and when they were in the place of rest, the Amalekites attacked. And, and that's how we ended last week. Last week, we talked about having power in your posture that sometimes you're Moses. And sometimes you're praying and you're interceding for people. Y'all remember Robert standing up here holding the staff I had a lot of people send me hate mail. Like, why could you make that? Why'd you make that poor boy hold his arms up for 20 minutes? He's strong. He he's tough. Some of y'all got that inside joke. Uh, but but we had Robert up here, and I mean, he was praying and interceding. He was acting as Moses. And then we talked about Aaron and her. That sometimes you're serving others. So sometimes there's power in your posture when you serve. That you that you hold up the arms of of other people. And then we talked about Joshua. Y'all remember Mr. Rich back there, his arms are the size of my thighs. He was our Joshua. So sometimes the, the power in your posture is you fighting the battle. But, but this, is what, this is what I know. We're stepping into our, our new series called Fight. And the title of, of this sermon is Don't Pick the Wrong 
fight. Because what I know is when you step into freedom, you have to prepare to fight. Anybody ever feel that way? You feel like you're free from something, and then all of a sudden, life hits you in the face. All of a sudden, you get kicked in the neck. All of a sudden, it feels like the enemy is on your back beating you with a stick, and you're like, what in the world is going on? I thought I, thought I was free. But the problem in fighting is we want to fight everything. We want to fight every Facebook post. We, we want to fight every negative comment, right? Like, like you post something, you get that negative comment. It's like, no, 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 no. You ain't going to talk about me and mine that way. Like, let, let, me, let me show you. We, we, we want to we fight every statistic that comes out. We want to fight every time somebody cuts you off driving on 77. No? Just me? Am I confessing my sins? Or am I speaking? Thank you for that hand. I see that hand. I'll be honest with yourself. My, somebody cuts me off. My wife doesn't even hesitate. She looks at me, don't you even think about it. I drive a big truck. It's very fast. I like getting in front of people and letting them know that I'm still there. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I want to, I'm ready to go. Like, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready to fight. But when we try and fight everything, it makes us less effective in the battle that we're actually called to be in. When we waste our energy trying to fight the things that don't really matter, it makes us less effective in the fights that we should be in. And we have to know when to pick our fights. Y'all be real with me for a second. Anybody, anybody in here ever been in a fight? Man, there's more hands that went up than I thought. I was, I was waiting for everybody to go like, you're trying to trick me. <laughs> like, I, I'm not about to raise my hand over overflow. Who's been in a fight? Anybody been in a fight? All right, let me see the hands in here one more time. Who's been in a fight for real? There was more hands that went up this time than went up last time. Listen, I remember, I remember my first fight. I remember being in middle school. There was this kid named Mark. We were playing ultimate frisbee at recess, and, and I scored on him. He didn't like that I scored on him. He had a cast on his right hand, and he hit me right like square in the eyes with, with a cast. And, and after that, I really don't know what happened except I grabbed him and I threw him up against the fence and he hit me once. I hit him a bunch of times and I was bleeding a little bit. He was bleeding a lot. Like he, he, picked, the wrong, he picked the wrong fight. In college, um, some of you have seen the pictures. Uh, I may or may not have ran a fight club in college, but the first rule about fight club is, you know, you don't talk about fight club. Like I appreciate it. You're like, all right, Pastor, what, what do you mean fight club? Well, I'll put it this way. Our last fight, um, we had over 40 cars circled up. We had over 200 people there, and, uh, people there, and, and the cop showed up. Uh, I didn't go to jail, amen. Um, but I ran, I ran this underground, I ran this little underground fight club. We were selling mouthpieces for $5 a pop. I was a hustler. Like, I'm still a hustler. <laughs> like, well, now y'all know why I start businesses, right? <laughs> like, it's like entrepreneur, <laughs> But our rule was you could call anyone out as long as they were within 20 pounds of you. So if they were 20 pounds heavier or 20 pounds lighter, they could call you, they could call you out. Here's the problem. Um, at the time, I was in the Marine Corps, and everybody wanted to fight a Marine. So I was fighting every week, showing up to class, black eyes, busted lips. Like, well, Zach, what's, what's going on? Oh, man, I fell running on the trail. Like, no, we, were, we, had, a, we had a fight club. But don't, don't hear that the wrong way. Like, I don't, I don't like beating people up. I don't go looking for fights, but I do love boxing. I, I love rolling around. I love like that, that physical competition. And, and y'all know that I'm a competitive guy. 
I, I told you a couple weeks ago I had a, a CrossFit competition. I, w- I was competing against Luke and, and his teammate. And, and uh, really, I just try to chase Luke down. Listen, Luke's a better athlete than I am, but I love, I love the competition. I remember, I remember when I first started CrossFit. Started at a gym. We started at a gym in uh, Georgia. I told y'all this story. Our options, this is how I got involved in CrossFit. Our options were Jazzercise or CrossFit, all right? So aren't you thankful that I'm not up here tap dancing, right? Like I'm, I talk about CrossFit a lot because that was the only options that I had, okay? So, so I remember the first competition. I started CrossFit, and babe, I'm sorry because I thought I was God's gift to CrossFit. Like I really did. I was thinking, you know what, year and a half, two years, maybe I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be competing at, at the CrossFit Games. Like, I'm going to have sponsors calling me. Like, we're going we're gonna to have to turn sponsors down. I'm going to be so good, right? I remember going to my first competition. And I had this deadlift ladder in it. And deadlift, it's, it's one of my, my favorite lifts. Um, and the bar wasn't, wasn't extremely heavy. It went up to 405. And I'm thinking, man, I'm, I'm good. I got that. And you made your way through this ladder and when I got there, I recognized there were girls lifting more weight than I was, and not much has changed since, but, but I finished 10th out of 12th in that competition. I picked the wrong fight. I, I, I absolutely picked the wrong fight, and, and that's what we find that the Israelites do after they fight the Amalekites for the first time. Numbers chapter 14, verse 40. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. Numbers chapter 14, starting in verse 40. Early the next morning... They set out for the highest point in the hill country, saying, Now we are ready to go up to the land the Lord has promised. Surely we have sinned. But but Moses said, Why are you disobeying the Lord's command? This will not succeed. Do not go up because the Lord is not with you. You will be defeated by your enemies. For the Amalekites and the Canaanites will face you there. Because you have turned away from the Lord. He will not be with you. And you will fall by the sword. Verse 44, nevertheless, in their presumption, somebody's like, oh God, he's speaking to me today. Nevertheless, in their presumption, they went up toward the highest point in the hill country. Though neither Moses nor the ark of the Lord's covenant moved from the camp, then the Amalekites and the Canaanites who lived in the hill country came down and attacked, and they beat them all the way to Hormah. See, when we pick the wrong fight, we actually think we know better than God. Verse 44, nevertheless, in their presumption. See, the Israelites thought they knew better than God. They went up toward the highest point of the hill. I imagine that it was kind of like this, I told you so moment. Where's my husband's in the room? Y'all, had, y'all ever had that, I told you so moment? And I don't mean that you told your wife that. I meant that she told you that. So uh, this is me confessing, babe. Um, it's like when a husband thinks that he knows better than their wife. So Jenna's uh, business account, Jenna owns Wonder and Whisk, shameless plug. Um, but, but she owns a, a business, a bakery. And this past week, uh, her account got hacked and some money got taken out of it. So we went back and looked at our personal accounts just to make sure that that things weren't being taken from us. And, and Jenna noticed that we had a Hulu account that was set up. Y'all, here's the problem. We never watch Hulu. I didn't even know we had an account. So, so I insisted, being the good husband that I am, I insisted that Jenna accidentally set up a Hulu account because I would never do that. 
I, I would never be so careless to spend money instead of an account that we would never use. And then Thursday, this is the text. Verbatim, this is the text that she sent me. It didn't start with babe. It didn't start with, hey, love. This is how it started. It was under your name and your email address. I didn't even know what she was talking about. I'm like, good Lord, what you... It hasn't been used at all. They can only refund the last three months and said we could call the bank and ask for a reversal and they could verify the account has never been used. She ended with this. It's been happening since last March. <laughs> 12 months, people. 12 months. A lot, lot of money gone. But that entire text, it was her basically saying, I told you so. It was Jenna saying, I, I told you so. But, but we do that in life too. When we think we know better than God. That, that guy that you think is cute or that you think is nice or, or that female that you think is cute or that you think is nice. He, he was only toxic in the last 14 relationships. He, he could never do me like that. Or, or we say things like this. I don't need to take a day off from work. Rest is for the week. We actually wear busyness like a badge of honor. You show me someone who wears busyness like a badge of honor, I'll show you someone who's wandered from God. Why do I say that? Because even God rested. Even God took a Sabbath. We, we justify it by saying, I have more energy than others, or, or I'm the only one that can get the job done. I, I, don't, need, I don't need the rest right now in, in this season. We do crazy things in life, and God is looking at us the same way my wife looked at me when she was typing out that text. I, I told you so. I, I told you so. But when we think we know better than God, we can actually get ahead of God. Verse 44. Paul, if you guys would go ahead and come back up. Verse 44. Nevertheless, in their presumption, they went toward the highest point in the hill country. Though neither Moses nor the Ark of the Lord's Covenant moved from the camp. You guys remember, Moses was, Moses was the leader of Israel. The Ark of the Lord's Covenant was the presence of God. And the Israelites think they know better than God, so they get ahead of God. They went to the highest hill country. They, they thought they had the advantage in the battle because they were in the highest country. They were ready to fight. They thought they had arrived remember they had just defeated the amalekites one time how hard could it be to do it on our own we we just did it once why why can't we do it why can't we do it again y'all don't look at me cross-eyed because we do it in our normal day-to-day -day life too you started dating that other person when you really needed to start working on yourself you got ahead of god you, you tried to start a business when you really needed just to pay off your debt. You got ahead of God. You're looking towards your summer vacation and when you needed to really start finishing your class assignments and not worrying about the summer. You started blaming someone for stealing your account information instead of making sure that you didn't actually accidentally set up the Hulu account. Like We, we do it in real life, but we also, we also do it with God. Here's the problem. When we get ahead of God, we get exposed, and we get beat down. At this point, again, remember, the Israelites have, had beat the Amalekites, Amalekites once. It couldn't be that hard. We're an army now. 
We've got this taken care of. We're, we're probably one of the biggest armies in the land. We have over a million people. We're, we're ready to go to war. We've got this figured out. Verse 45, then the Amalekites and the Canaanites who lived in the hill country came down and attacked them and beat them all the way to Hormah. A couple weeks ago um, at CrossFit 926, we had our men's night. And uh, I told you earlier, I like the scrap. I, I like the box. I've been boxing for a, a few months. Um, and and I'll, I'll square up with anybody at least once. That's not always the best thing, um, especially, especially when they're better than you. But I've been fighting with uh, Josh Brock. Uh, every Thursday, we, we get into the gym, and, and when we spar, and, and he's teaching me. Um, but I, I got a little cocky. Started feeling like I was holy filled. Started people told me, like, man, you look like Canelo Alvarez because you have red hair. Nobody but my father-in-law really says that. But I'm like, yeah, I got a head movement. Maybe I'm Conor McGregor, you know. Splash of Ali with my footwork. Got heavy hands like George Foreman. Okay, I like boxing. Clearly, this room does not. Hopefully, you do an overflow. Here's the problem. Josh has had real fights. Josh has a shaved head on the side and like this little rat tail thing and tatted up. He's about a foot taller than me. But I'm thinking, you know what? I've been, I've been training with him for about three months. I'm ready, I'm ready to square up with him. He slapped me around so bad the tips of my ears were bleeding. Literally, the tips of my ears were bleeding. I came here on Sunday morning. I was like, Brittany, I was like, you got some powder or something I can put on my ears? Because my ear, like my ears are bleeding. I picked the wrong, I picked the wrong fight. And when we pick the wrong fights, we get beat. The Israelites were beat all the way to Hormah told you guys a couple weeks ago, when we read places in scripture, we can't just rush past the, me- the meaning. Horma actually means destruction. So the Israelites were coming off of this victory and then they were beaten all the way to their destruction. Joshua took a posture of honor and trust and respect towards God and Moses in the first battle. Got ahead of God in the second. In battle, it has less to do with your ability and everything to do with your posture. I told you guys to put this asterisk beside Psalm 144. One, a couple weeks ago, praise be to the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. But, but then we have to remember all the way back to the beginning. We feel like we have to fight every single fight the reality is we don't. Even though we've been trained for war, doesn't mean we have to fight in every battle that we're up against. Maybe you're not winning right now because you're in a fight that you were never meant to be in. Maybe you feel like you're being beat all the way to your destruction, but it was a fight that you were never meant to encounter. Maybe, maybe you thought you knew better than God. Maybe you actually got ahead of God a little bit. And, and that's, why, that's why you feel like you can't win. That, that's why you feel like the enemy is better than you right now. Why? Because it was a fight that you were never meant to encounter. It's a fight that you were never meant to be in. See, sometimes I can get a little loud, a little rowdy up here. That's all right. Jesus loves me. <laughs> Slap on a bench press. Like. <laughs> Make a 13-year-old bench 300 pounds. 
make a guy hold up a staff for a while. But then sometimes I think it's important that we just pause and that we're reflective. So sometimes we have to be honest with ourselves. And when I can get rowdy, I can encourage the nonsense out of everyone in the room. But, but sometimes I need us to pause and reflect. So if you're in overflow or, or you're in this room, or maybe you're watching this online later, I want everyone just for a moment to close your eyes and bow your heads. And I want you, I want you to reflect. I want you to be honest with yourself. Because when we stop acting like we know better than God, or when we stop getting ahead of God, then we will stop getting exposed and beaten down. So I want to pray for those three groups. Again, be, be reflective. Nobody's looking around. If you can't be honest with yourself, then who can you be honest with? If you can't be honest with what's going on in your own heart, in your own mind, then don't ever expect to be honest with a spouse. Don't ever expect to be honest with, with a significant other or a friend. Start with yourself. Some of you are in the room and you fall into one of these three categories. And maybe that first category is this. You've been acting like you know better than God. Oh, I can, I can figure it out. I can hustle hard enough. I can work hard enough. I can figure this out. It's because of who I am. You've actually, you're actually using your past as a crutch. Well, I had to grow up too soon. You don't know my story. No, I don't. I don't, but I know mine. And that was my excuse. I had to grow up a little too fast. And I used that for years and years and years. Well, if God isn't going to show up, then I guess I just got to get it done myself. Some people in the room think they know better than God. Or maybe, maybe you're in the second group. You recognize that you're getting ahead of God. You, you recognize that there's some things that you need to work on yourself before you can ever introduce others into your life. Stop getting ahead of God. And that third group, some of you just feel like you've been beaten down and exposed. And you feel, you feel like you're at the end. And you feel like there's no way out. The beautiful thing about the gospel message is that there's always a way out and his name is Jesus. The reason that you feel beaten and exposed is because you're still fighting a battle that you were never meant to fight. Stop it. Stop fighting. That doesn't mean you're weak. It doesn't mean you're a failure. It doesn't mean you're a loser. It means that you're following Jesus. Sometimes, sometimes you have to run to the Father. Sometimes you have to let Him fight the battle. I never want to be in a place in my life where God doesn't go before me. So if you fall into one of those three categories... This is what I'm going to do. The team's going to start singing. We're going to worship. We're going to pray. But if you fall into one of those three categories, I'm not going to ask you which one. I'm not going to call you up front. I'm not going to expose you.
But as you feel led, I want you to stand as a declaration. And I want you to start to worship. And, and that declaration might mean that you're saying, God, I know that I don't know better than you. And this is my declaration. God, I know that I'm, I know that I've been getting ahead of you a little bit, but but here and now, as I stand and as I worship, I'm not gonna get ahead of you anymore. And some of you go, God, I'm, I'm beaten down and I'm exposed and I feel like I can't win, but, but God, I'm standing because I'm running to you. Your, your, pastor, your pastor has his own. Your pastor has his own things that he's dealing with. But all across this room, as you feel led, stand and worship.